I'm Natalie Zollinger. And I'm Brittany Parker. And this is the Eddie Out Podcast. Woo! Brittany, <laughs> we're finally here. In this moment. <laughs> We've been talking about this for a really long time. Yeah. And yeah, and today is November 1st, which you know I love. The first of every month. <laughs> I love Mondays. I love the first of every month. <laughs> and um, today the stars aligned and we're finally making it happen and it feels really good yeah. and we've been wanting to start a podcast for a while now and especially with covid like really continuing our conversations with um well with each other first and foremost right um and about and with our friends with fellow river rats and community about just overall how's the river how how are things changing how are we adapting and how do we move forward, right? Downstream. <laughs> I mean, I've been talking to you for so long about wanting to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. since yeah. since the day, not really, but like it feels like that first year podcast came out, I it just it turned into I think from not going to college, it really just turned into school for me. I would just I went down the rabbit hole in so many different like health and wellness journeys and um there wasn't a lot of river podcasts out there, um, but I definitely gravitated towards like movement and health and wellness and um, biohacking and and then found Joe Rogan and I've really enjoyed his style. And <laughs> even though he's controversial, I think that we both agreed like just having a fun dynamic conversation that's not edited was something that really inspired us, right? <clears throat> yeah, for and sure. I, yeah. And I think just in general, like, since we can't do our clinics, we really want to still talk to the people that we would be talking to by the river, just like having conversations about, um, you know, what, what they've been up to and what, what things are changing and what's dynamic and what's, um, yeah, just what's current. And I think that's like where um, we've, we finally realized this is a, this is something that we want to invest in. And you actually did a podcast a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yep. I, I started a podcast a couple of years ago called Ride the Mountain Swell. It was it was going to be based around river surfing or it was. I only did a couple episodes, but I started it because I had um, had an accident and had a really I was recovering from a, a traumatic brain injury. And so <clears throat> this was my way of staying. I didn't know when I was going to be able to paddle or surf again. So this was my way of staying connected to the community and having good conversations and just trying to be as involved as I could. And like we've noticed from our travels and stuff with our business, we've had so many amazing conversations with people and we just really wanted to be able to record those conversations and share them with everyone because we've learned so much from all of the people in the river community and the river itself. And so um a podcast seemed like like something that would would um make sense for us so but anyways I went on a little bit of a tangent there but um uh so I started that podcast and then I did two episodes and then I got better and then I just wanted to paddle and I didn't want to put my energy into a podcast <laughs> and so I stopped 
<laughs> I bought well, all which these is fair. and then I stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still have people messaging me, asking me when the next episode is going to be like two years later. <laughs> <laughs> Soon people. Slightly Soon. embarrassing, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, then, you know, you, you talk to a lot about wanting to start podcasts and podcasts are a big part of your life. And you always share stuff that you learn from podcasts with me. We share podcasts with each other and we've learned, I think we've both learned a lot from podcasts. And so this, um, it's, it just seemed like it just made sense for you and I to collaborate and do a podcast together and, um, and, and do it under our business too, River to River, which was like the whole basis of our company was to connect people and to help build the community up and um, celebrate the culture around the river. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So here we are. Um, and um, this podcast is, so while mine was focused mostly on like river surfing, this one is going to be focused on like everything river. And um, we want this to be about, like we want to have conversations and discussions about river culture, about community and um, connection and how the river has impacted our lives. And we want to talk to um to leaders within the river world, whether it's within the industry itself or in environmentalism or in athletics or um, guides, you know, owners of, of outfitters, stuff like that. We wanna, everyone always has such really, really cool and unique stories on how the river has um, impacted them. And, um, and it's just such a nice thread that, um, that connects all of us together and it's this common theme in all of our lives that we get connected with people that we would normally never have met or associated with or encountered if it wasn't for the river so that's kind of the theme of the Eddie Out podcast is is conversations about the river and we'll be covering many, many topics, but it'll all, always be tied into this common thread of the river and um, its impact on all of our lives and river stories and all of that. Campfire promises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. Well, sometimes it will be, so with this one, it's me and you, right? We're talking, just having a conversation. Um, this first one's just mostly about just you and I, who we are, a little bit about like our stories and mm -hmm. how River to River came to be. And then like, what's like, what, what can people expect moving forward? But then sometimes you are going to be just the host and, or I'll be just the host interviewing people that you know, we have relationships with or like <clears throat> where I want to deep dive and maybe you don't necessarily have as much, um, you know, interest or, or like connection with that person. And so there will be times where we'll split apart, but when we come back together, we'll make sure that <laughs> there's lots of laughs and booze and we'll match shirts. <laughs> if you're, if you're just listening to this, uh, we actually put on our same shirts. They're called yeah. Surf Rivers, and um, <laughs> there are buddies shirts came up with them, and 
I have like three of them. <laughs> and sometimes we'll just, when we're on, when we go on a river trip together, we don't plan it, but at, like within one of those days of that river trip, we will both put on the shirt at the same time. At least one of those days. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. You wear the same thing the whole trip. <laughs> and it, I don't know if you guys all know, if you look at photos of Brittany and I, we will match. <laughs> it's kind of our thing yeah <laughs> and yeah. it helps though to be part of the same team we have the same shorts and the same shirts and when you paddle for the same sponsors you'll have the same gear and it naturally kind of came to that and then it was just now become our thing it's kind of fun yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a twin and you're like my mini me twin. <laughs> you're little stimpy <laughs> we're not Ren and stimpy we're stimpy and little stimpy <laughs> Which nobody, we don't know how we ended up there, but that's just because none of us, neither of us wanted to be Ren. No, actually, Jacob was Ren, right? He was the oh. brain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jacob. Shout out to Jacob Kelly. Oh, yeah. Cheers hey, to Jacob. Yep. Loved your video. That was awesome. Yeah. So here we are now. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we are, we're doing it. We're doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um I think it just makes sense for us to share our stories um this might be um a lot of you might have heard this already you might know our background but there might be there's probably gonna be some people in there that don't so we're gonna just we just want to tell you a little bit about how we came to be so connected to the river and um Natalie is Natalie has a really really cool river story and um, has a long history and um, really intimate relationship with the river and just an interesting life story in general and um, her and I uh, we became friends was it 2014 I think is when I 2014 <clears throat> I think so. yeah so so Natalie reached out to me um in 2014 through Facebook and was asking me about um sponsors and events and kind of how she can get started in the stand-up paddling world and industry and we we just started going back and forth and messenger and then eventually uh organized a meetup in Glenwood at my home wave. She showed up with her van and her trailer and um, and it's just been history ever since. So do you remember we hugged and I was like, I don't know why, but I just like pulled you in so tight. <laughs> and I was like I think you commented think on my side gonna... <laughs> too because I'm so little. Yeah, I was like you're so little convenient. Yeah. <laughs> little bear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Natalie, you've always been, like, she's always been such a warm, uh, a warm personality, a, a big personality, and um, just so much fun to be around, and I think you should tell everyone a little bit about yourself and tell them your amazing story. Aw, thanks, buddy. Yeah, how much time do we have? Just kidding. <laughs> I'll keep it short, everybody. Um, uh, most of you know, but some of you may not, but I'm I'm from a big family. I'm, I was raised in Northern Utah up by, it's called Tremonton or Tremonton. And um, I'm the baby of 11 kids. 
And of those 11, there were eight boys and three girls. And the girls is kind of scattered oldest, middle, and youngest. And then the boys are sprinkled between. And um, our family, when I came into the world, I had lost two brothers. I did not know them. Um, my family had experienced those two accidents and it really set the foundation of, um, I think a big thing in, from my dad was like, we're strong people. You know, he was a farmer and overall we just had to work. It was just part of what we did. Like summer times was working. And I just remember not really understanding trauma or understanding like hardships or um, just that we were different in that sense. <clears throat> and, um, but I, we were a pretty tight knit family and my sisters were like, kind of like my mom. Um, my brother was 17 when I was born. And so my sisters were in college as I was like coming into adolescence. And so they really turned into kind of like a younger fun mom. And then my mom was like, someone I would ask if I needed to go do something but Holly my sister Holly and Sherry they really like taught me a lot they taught me about my body they taught me about um relationships they just taught me I I I felt comfortable asking them anything um and so we we moved as a family onto my mom's my mom grew up on a farm she bought it from her father so when we moved there I was eight and a lot of my siblings were out of I don't know if you know this but a lot of them were out of high school so when I actually moved to the farm, there was like four of us there and Sherry and Holly, they were out doing their thing. And so it was just me and my brothers, uh, three of my brothers. And so my, my brother that's next to oldest to me, we were just, we kind of hated each other. We didn't love each other. Um, <laughs> so I kind of connected to animals and water. So the farm that I grew up on had three ponds and I, um, I just really connected to the water there. I, I was in the water all the time. Um, there was a local pool down the street called the Natatorium. And because my name was Nat, I would go to the Nat and it was just this place. My mom was like, okay, the Natatorium will be your babysitter. I grew up at the pool. It eventually led to me learning how to lifeguard. And then I was part of the swim team, the water polo team, um, the, the diving team. And, um, my, when I was 14, what year is that? Are you in eighth grade? Maybe I think I was in eighth grade. When I was 14, my third brother passed away. And that really wrecked me because I'd heard about death in our family, but I'd never really experienced it. And so at that point I was like, okay, this is intense. And he was a brother that I was really connected to, really close to. And he was a little bit different than my other brothers. He was very extreme. He was very, like a big skier, hiker, um, climber, just kind of extreme overall athlete. And I don't know why, but I just made this promise to myself. Like if Ryan never got the opportunity, his name was Ryan. If he never got the opportunity to continue his life, I wanted to, I wanted to live part of my life for him, the life that he didn't get to live. And so that changed my mindset in, um, in a lot of different things. A, I left the church. I grew up Mormon. Um, B, I saw hiking and sports as a thing that is a must, not like a an, elect, uh, an elective was like, no, I want to get better at these kind of things. And then that led me into lots of different things in college, <clears throat> played rugby. And we were pretty good friends with this, like these, um, these guys that had a band, but they were all river guides. And one summer they invited me on a Westwater trip here in Utah. It's just outside of Moab. 
And I went and I was like, hold up, hold up. You guys are tan. You get to do this for a living. How much do you get paid a day? And this is your life. This is, this is where you get to live. And it just, I don't know. It just like the, all the stars aligned for me. And it was the first time that I could be challenged by something that I trusted. I don't know what, why it synced for me, but the river was like, okay, this is really scary, but we went through it. And I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And it was just starting to understand this relationship between fear and love and challenge and overcoming and just all these empowerment. And it was just like, I want to do this. I want to do this for the rest of my life. And then I ended up asking them how to be a river guide. They got me in. Can you see my face? It's getting a little dark. Sorry about that. But yeah, they just, um, they helped me get into being a river guide. And I, be, I, I had a hard time trusting college. I had a hard time like loving college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to do all the things. And as you get to know me, like I like to do all the things. And I think what I realized with, with the river is like, you get to do all the things and you get to teach all the things. So I got to like learn biology and stars and how to lead and how to fix a broken arm and how to like identify a flower, but also how to lead a trip, how to be silent and support a trip, how to be safety, how to use my voice. I remember my first river, my first trip lead, they're like, Natalie, there's a difference between screaming and using your voice. Because I was like screaming and I didn't know how to like use my voice. And it took me so long to like learn my voice and trust my voice. And I think with every single person that has a connection to the river, it's a teacher, right? It's a teacher. It's my biggest love. Um, it's my biggest fear. <laughs> it's interesting how it can be all those things, right? Um, and it did become those for me. And it became the place where I shined. It became the place where I fell in love um, with my partner. It became the place where I met you, my best friend. <laughs> it became the place where I lost, um, but I gained. And it became the place where I wanted to invest my whole life too. And you'll kind of hear as the podcast episode goes on the struggles with committing fully to the river and when your heart's here, but you know, financially it doesn't quite give back. And so I've had some struggles back and forth, but overall, I think both you and I this year, we are committing to giving the river a voice and that's kind of where we are today. And it, um, it feels good. And the river's been, yeah, my best teacher and kind of fast forwarding to that point where I wanted to make, well, river guiding was kind of a thing and I enjoyed doing it, but I wanted more. And with every river guide or kayaker, when you, when you get to a point where you don't want to go to class five rapids, but you want more, you have to kind of shift your craft. And so I decided to, what they call throw out the sticks or like, um, retire the sticks like the oars and pick up paddleboarding. I started to go down the road of paddleboarding and that's where I met. I found Brittany, the bad fish crew, um, also the hollow crew, the boardworks crew. And I don't know, there was a lot of women paddling, but you just, you just shined. And I don't know what it was. <laughs> I mean, obviously look at you, <laughs> but I just was like, maybe you were just, you had a welcoming personality that didn't feel like it was competitive because I am a competitive person and I felt like 
you just, you put stuff out there and we just had the same, same language. And so I reached out to you and I was like, Hey, I think I want to try this like whole competition thing. And I don't even know where to start. I've never done it. And you were great. You were, you became my mentor and there was a lot of trust and I, and then I wanted to meet you after a couple of months of you telling me how to, how to go about everything. You, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be coming that way. Can we meet? And I remember that first hug, like it was like, we were river souls, you know, and, um, it was just so great. And so, yeah, at that point, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about from there, but that's kind of how you and I came to be. And Brittany, you could tell a little bit about like your story and, and get us to the point of us meeting that day at the wave. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was great. Yeah, great. Thanks, um, buddy. Yeah, thanks. That I mean, that's very sweet too, to hear all those things. And um, I would say that you've been a big mentor for me as well. And especially in the world of like, you're the, always the one who, whenever I, show up at your place like we kind of get right like deep into it you, know? <laughs> you can thank Sherry for that <laughs> you're always sister. asking you you ask me like you're always there to just like okay like how are you doing what's going on okay like let's 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 look into this let's go a little deeper why do you think you feel this way and so like you're always you're always really good about um getting me to um, work through my feelings and, and we just always have such rich and meaningful conversations. And, and you also help push me physically, you, you help push me physically, help me push myself physically because I mean, I hate working out. <laughs> <laughs> Who hate loves it. Working? <laughs> you do. I do actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. You do. <laughs> yeah. And you, uh... you've always been there to kind of help push me through like, hard workouts <laughs> but anyway um Muy fuerte. yeah fuerte. Fuerte. Um, fuerte means strong in spanish it's, it's our it's our word that we use together mm -hmm. we had to we chanted it as we walked up a hill in costa rica in the middle of the night from the beach because we were really scared and the howler monkeys were howling and <laughs> We might have to tell that story. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so um, a little bit about me. Um, I did not grow up on the river or having any connection to the river. I grew up around the Colorado River. It flowed right through my hometown, which was Rifle um, in Colorado, but I I never played in it. It was always it was always thought of, or I was always told it was a scary place. I guess it's not true. I would go like swimming around or there was a little cliff jumping spot that we would go to as kids. Um, and in hindsight, it was probably not the safest thing um, to do, but uh, I was, but I was um, an only child. So on the complete opposite <laughs> experience as Natalie very different experience. <laughs> I was an only child, uh, divorced parents. I moved back and forth between my mom's and my grandma's a lot. And I was just always kind of really lost. And I think most kids are, but um, I, I didn't really, I, there was a lot of problems at home and I didn't really know um, what to do with myself. I was always feel I always felt like very rebellious and, and like I wanted to 
um, I just wanted, I needed to like stay away from home essentially. So um, I found board sports and became really obsessed with snowboarding and skateboarding and uh, dreamed I would I would go to go to bed dreaming about snowboarding and making snowboarding films and all the music I would listen to. I would think about how it would go with certain parts of snowboarding films and stuff. And that was my dream. And uh, I, uh, I didn't, I, I liked school up to a point and then I really started hating it about my, once I was in like eighth grade and uh, I, all my friends were great, were great ahead of me. And I just didn't feel like I fit in at school. So I left when on my sophomore year and started homeschooling. And um, I just walked home one day and told my mom I was going to start homeschooling. And I signed, I found a program online. I signed up for that and found a job at a at the grocery store and I was a bagger girl for a bit. And then I found a job at a tanning salon where I could work and do my schoolwork at the same time. So, and I could snowboard a lot more than I could before, which was a huge bonus for me. Uh, but then I, I, once I graduated, I went straight, straight into college without really, I moved to the city. I didn't really know what I was, what I wanted or what I was going to do. I think deep down, I knew I wanted to snowboard. I wanted to be outside school, just never, I just was never very good at school. And um, yeah, so I, I tried school for a couple years and I just couldn't figure out what I wanted. And I would ditch class all the time to go snowboarding, go up to the mountains. So eventually I just decided to move to Breckenridge. And I, um, and then I, I started snowboarding and working at the ski resort or in a snowboard shop. And I was wanting to try to start competing in snowboarding. And I kept getting hurt. I, I fractured my tailbone twice. I cracked my ribs. I tore my ACL and I was like, okay, this is probably not for me. <laughs> like, this is not gonna, this isn't, this isn't gonna happen. There were so many people that were way ahead of me in abilities and I just kept getting, um, I just kept having to be in recovery mode all the time. So uh, when I tore my ACL, around that time I started to look at, um, so in the summer times, I, I needed to find a job. So I found um, raft guiding. And at that point, my experience with the river was tubing down the river with no life jacket on, with like, drinking like 40s Mickey's, <laughs> Mickey's 40s, glass bottles <laughs> in our bikinis, no clue what we were doing, and drunk <clears throat> on the river. like. That's my first experience with the river, but I did fall in love with the river. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we may have cheated death a few times, but it was a lot of fun. But don't, I don't advise <laughs> falling in love that way or getting acquainted <laughs> with the river in that way. Um, but I decided to, to try being a raft guide, which terrified me because I was always really, really shy. And I never felt like I was a leader. I, um, it was, I think that's why I did it was because I really wanted to break out of my shell and not be so 
afraid of talking in of being the center of attention or talking to large groups of people or and I wanted to feel strong I wanted to feel like a leader and that seemed like the best way so training was really hard um it was really scary and um I really didn't know if it was if I was cut out for it but I I passed my I passed the um the guide course or exam and started guiding on the Colorado River and uh, my first boat like <laughs> it was a paddle guide so we didn't use oars we just you just use a paddle like a rudder essentially to steer the boat and then you have everyone else that's in the boat um, you, you yell commands to them and they are your power so if you get people that don't paddle well or that aren't listening then you know, it can throw everything off. So the first boat, I dump trucked everyone. Another one, I fell out of the boat. Like I just kept having these. And I, I was so hard on myself, but like in truth, this happened to everyone, right? But it just was a lot of pressure. It was really intense. And um, I, and I quickly got really tired of like giving the same spiel all the time. And because we would do like two or three trips a day and um, one day on a, on a rafting trip, I saw someone stand up paddling on the river. His name is Shane Ibrahimi and he lives up in Basalt. And he, um, he was paddling with a big group and they were on Santa paddle boards. And I was like, oh my God, that looks like so much fun. I had started kayaking around that same time, but I'm like, as I said, I love board sports. So um, this seemed perfect for me. So. I asked him about it. He invited me out and uh, I went out the next day on the Royal Fork River, swam a lot, but had the best time. And I was in, I was on like a foamy wave storm board, excuse me, in a dry suit that was like three sizes too big in a, in a high float life vest and a paddle that was like taped together. And, um, size nine like scuba booties it was ridiculous <laughs> there's pictures I'll put out I, I'll share those pictures um please do uh, yeah. <laughs> size nine booty yeah it's ridiculous it looks so ridiculous um but anyway so I, I just fell in love with it and I just I couldn't stop and I was addicted and I just went almost every single day and then I I uh I found, um, I found out that there were events and it was like the Teva Mountain Games was the, which is now the GoPro Games was in Vail. And I just had this dream of like, like getting like the, the next year or so was me trying to prep myself for the Teva Mountain Games. Like I felt like I needed to be this super paddler and sponsored and everything in order to compete, but really anyone can compete in it. Um, and so then I started going to events and competing. And that's when I met the Badfish um, owners, Mike and Zach, and then the, the other, some of the other members on the team. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember going to Fibark for the first time, which is a, a whitewater festival in Salida. And I did the downriver race, but there was also a surf competition and I had never, ever 
been able to surf a wave before, but I went up to the bad fish booth and I asked if I could use one of their um, surfboards or try a surfboard. And they just lent me, they lent me a, a, a glass stand up paddle river surfer. And, um, and I tried my luck at it with no success, but still signed up for the river surf competition. And <laughs> I, there's pictures of me paddling in on my knees and Mike's on the, Harvey's on the microphone, like cheering me on. And, and um, I think I got into the wave once on my knees and never stood up, but they were so welcoming and um, just always let me use gear, didn't worry about me breaking anything and always gave me tips. And I was just, I was, I felt like I found my community and it just felt so good to feel like I was a part of something because I didn't have like a strong family dynamic growing up. And so this yeah. was that for uh -huh. me. And um, yeah, I just, I, I fell, I fell in love with it and I just started doing it all the time. And I started competing all the time. Badfish asked me to be on the team and um I just, it was crazy because, you know, this whole time I thought I was going to be a professional snowboarder. And then all of a sudden here I was like at the, not at the very beginning of a sport, but kind of like, it was still really, really new. And that's such a unique experience to be able to have. Like not many people can say that they're at the beginning of a, of a sport. And like, that's not to say like, Charlie MacArthur was definitely one of the first to really get started with the downriver paddling who he's also, he's been a huge, um, a big mentor for both Natalie and I and has certified us in, as ACA instructors and Nikki Gregg and Dan Gavir, they were all like the very, very, and Mike T, Mike Tavares, Haley Mills, they were all very influential people in, in that world. And I was just kind of, I was jumping in right when it was just starting to get going. So that was really exciting. And um, yeah, and I've just been like full force ever since. And it's become my entire life. The river has given me more confidence than, I've, than I ever had in high school. Um, and just the community and everything, like I just feel so included and I, the river makes me feel so strong that I've just really been able to break out of my shell and um, meet new people, talk to strangers, and to be a leader and teach. I never thought I would be a teacher of anything because I was always so afraid of talking to strangers. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just had the biggest impact on my life. And it's brought, I mean, everyone of my friends now, I have all, I've met everyone, of, every single one of my friends I've met on the river. Um, every, every person that is in my life that means a lot to me besides my family is from the river so um can we cheers to that yeah cheers cheers <laughs> you guys aren't can't see but we're cheersing <laughs> i think i'm so nervous i'm breaking out into like hives right now <laughs> <laughs> keep breathing <laughs> that was a great story and can i just interject we didn't really talk about this but we were part of a sport that was brand new yeah and how often do you get the ability to say that and to experience that and to really like write it? And I think that's really special. Yeah. 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 It's been, it's a, been amazing. I mean, we've seen some major changes in it and just like in the, in the actual growth of the sport, but also in like the innovation with all the different 
um, kinds of boards and paddles and um, there's a lot more resources out there now for people to learn and um, there's more whitewater parks popping up all over the place and it's just like in such a short amount of time it's really blown up and it's just been really cool to be a part of that and and um, see it see it happen and see people find it for the first time and being able to relive that experience um, through others and watch people surf for the first time and and like paddle their first like class two rapid for the first time and it's just awesome it's it's one of the most empowering sports I think when you see the effect it has on people especially like people that are really um just that like people that are unsure about themselves or self-conscious or you see them get onto the river and paddle a rapid or surf a wave and it's just you can just see how empowered they are from that and how how strong they feel and it's I don't know it's pretty special. Well I think that's a good segue because you <clears throat> your passion for wanting to be this like professional snowboarder and then being part of the almost like riding the wave of a new sport that really inspired you with the people that you had met to create a film, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us yeah. about that. So um, myself, um, my, and a few of my friends, Heather Jackson, Claire, Claire Graff, and Nadia Al Moody, um, we all went in on making a river surfing film. And we traveled all around the country looking for like the perfect wave, but it was really more about just, um, I mean, it was, it was about experiencing new waves and new places, but it was also just about meeting new people and, and connecting and getting more connected with the river surfing community that exists all over the country. And so we made this film and, and, um, during that time, Natalie joined us for a leg of it after the Pay It River Games, which was a big competition at the time that no longer happens. But after that, which is in Idaho, we went to, um, we went on the snake and oh, what's the name of the town? Lewiston, maybe? Lewiston. Yeah, I think Lewiston. Yeah. Yeah, and we went um, and we went up Hell's Canyon on, um, on a jet boat and um from there like I think Natalie and I started talking a lot more about starting clinics and um I was set up to do a can I surf like premiere the can I surf that film in 2014 yeah 2014 and um we yeah so so we were doing the filming then and then I moved to Florida just to try my, my, just to try like a never summer or an, not a never summer an always summer. I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I moved to Florida. I have family down there. I moved there and I was working in a surf shop and I hated it. I hated, I just, I did not like, no offense to floor, Floridians out there, but I didn't like it. <laughs> it was bored. It was flat. There wasn't really any surfing. And I am still a little scared of the ocean. 
Same. <laughs> so Natalie came down in her van with Heidi to go to Surf Expo and January of 2015, I think. Yeah. 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 And then they picked me up on the way and we drove back together in her van. And that's when we started talking about um, clinics and planning um, a series of clinics to kind of go along with the film premieres that were happening um, around Colorado. I think it was just Colorado that year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and yeah, so we, we started planning clinics and then I did a clinic, a surf clinic at Paddlefest. And then she, she came to Durango from Moab and that's where we had our very first, at the time it was called Can I Surf That um, Clinics. But mm-hmm. that was kind of the start of us, us, of our working relationship together. And then we started to, um, we wanted to expand. So we had a great season. We had a lot of fun and we worked really, really well together. And, and then um, that summer or that winter, I moved to Costa Rica. So I got, a, I got offered a, a, like a seasonal job down there. So I moved down there. She joined me and um, she worked at a restaurant down there for like $5 an hour. I just remember you coming home and like counting your tips and I would just look at you and I like count my pace or whatever my case halt. What are they? Clones. Yeah. Clones. Just like pissed off in the corner. Yeah, so mad. Like, make 20 bucks a day. <laughs> you make $20 an hour. <laughs> I was like, holy in, yeah, I was like, wow, how do they, how do they buy sriracha? Remember? We were like, how do they buy sriracha is like my whole day's wage. Remember that? Yeah, A bag of chips sriracha. is my whole day's wage. <laughs> yeah. If we wanted any of our, any of the things that we really liked in the States, we definitely had to save up so she'd have like a good tip night which would be like 20 bucks yeah and like okay I'm buying us some <laughs> kettle chips and sriracha and for my birthday we went big and bought chips and donuts and stuff yeah <laughs> but yeah. I think you emailed me and you were just like I'm in Costa Rica if we want to do this let's do it come to Costa Rica you'll you could just be here and we have all this time in a really inspiring place it's really warm to just like do it if we want to do it. And we both said, yes, right. We're both like, we want to make it happen, but we really didn't know the name yet. We kind of came together in Costa Rica and worked out names and taglines and finally came up with river to river, which was the premise of just building community from river to river. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which segues into just like, so what happened that winter? Like how did, Tell, tell like a little bit of a, the cliff notes of what we did. And I mean, we'd spent most of our, when we weren't working, we would spend most of our time in front of the computer. And then our friend Jacob Kelly was down there um, visiting for an extended period of time. And for those of you who don't know Jacob, Jacob's a, a river surfer out of Calgary. And he's very involved in the community, very influential and has done a lot. Um, to build up river surfing. And he is also a designer and he helped us figure out our brand and our branding and um, designed our website for us. 
and so we would all he would sit sit with us um for hours on end and sit through many brainstorming sessions and um yeah so we 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 created our website down there we created our we reached out to all of these different retailers and outfitters to make sure that we could put our clinic on the calendar and work through them and we would work off their permits they would get a percentage and um we got sponsors to get a, to give us like great goodie bags um so we could give our clients a bunch of stuff and um yeah and then we came back to the states yeah yeah and i think we we went all in and we were like this is how we do it and really jacob saved us we had no idea we had no idea how to build a website we had no idea how to be how to kind of like transition from being athletes to being professional and also professional with a business and then like attack he just taught us a lot he taught us the, the bones right the bones of um how what we should be thinking about and he was a lifesaver <laughs> so shout out to Jacob mm-hmm. yeah and then I I moved back to the states and then you came like a month later but still when I moved back we had an idea of how we wanted everything to be right and um can you hear me Yeah, you just froze there for a second, but now you're good. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that, everybody. I had to switch out my headphones. Um, so we were talking a little bit about Brittany and I in Costa Rica, and then we then I moved back in, it was like January sometime, and then you came back in March. And then we were on the road by April with our full schedule that we had set for ourselves. And we made our way to the East Coast. That was so fun in in my van because I had we were doing full van life at that point and it should be noted that there was you <laughs> me Heidi Nadia and Heidi in yes. the van yes and so Nani and I slept on the floor yes slept in the bed it was insane yeah and it was cold like April was cold yeah it was cool. So yeah, so we went to Iowa and then we hit DC and that's when you bought a fan. Yeah. Oh, I like kicked you out of the van. <laughs> really, yeah, really started for both of us for Team River to River. Mm-hmm. And so we hit DC with the help of Gmo. Shout out to Gmo. Mm-hmm. He was really big. He's part of the Bad Fish crew and he was awesome in helping us like get the river permit, know where we wanted to teach. We did um, you know, the whitewater skills and the surfing skills and just a little bit of a segue or not segue, but just a little, um, history when we decided to do river to river, um, Brittany and her passion and just love for board sports and surfing, she wanted to kind of be the spearhead to that. And then for me with my guiding background and really loving the skills and the foundation, the fundamentals and the intro, and just like the basics, I took on more of the whitewater or uh, river skills. And then with our clinics that we decided to put together in, um, in Costa Rica, that it was a way of like both of us shining and then both of us being a support to each other. And so in DC was kind of our first time where we really tried that out. And we had a full clinic. It was amazing. So we really like, we, when, you, when I came back, we launched River to River. So that was like 
maybe February. And then April, we had, we had a full clinic from February, March, April. So three months, we had a full clinic and um, in DC and it was awesome. And yeah, huge thanks to Gmail for really helping us organize that. And then after that clinic, we went south um, down to Asheville, met, met Watershed, hung out with uh, Astral. And then we headed west to Colorado. And then that's when we did our second clinic, just in time for Paddle Fest. And, um, and then did, you know, the, the normal circuit, Paddle Fest. Um, I think we did the Animus, right? We did like a clinic there. Um, and then we went to GoPro and did that. And then we headed up to Idaho. And we met up with Joe from Idaho River Sports. She's like our river mama. Shout out to Joe. I love Joe. We love her. And we did that. And then we went up to Oregon and met up with Sue Fox. And we were able to do a, a clinic up there. And that was huge. And, and that was actually a pretty good clinic size. And then we went over to Montana whitefish and that's actually when like shout out to paddlefish sports um we were able to get our first like our our um what would you call like our promo video and yeah. we'll so in the show notes we'll have like can i surf that link right we'll have like the river to river promo and any of the other information that we talk about we'll make sure that that's in the the show notes um for people to be able to access but that, that was cool. We had more men than we did women. Yeah. And we yeah. were just blown away. Time because everyone always assumed that our clinics were, were women only because we were, because we're two women, mm -hmm. I guess. And but. I think we, we were, we didn't know how we wanted to navigate that. Remember, we didn't necessarily want to be all women. Yeah. We wanted to open it up to everybody, but it just seemed that it gravitated more towards all women but that's not necessarily what we want. And it's, we're kind of open to every paddler, right? And we still are, mm -hmm. but we will do women clinics, women specific clinics. Mm -hmm. And then we did something in Moab and that's kind of when we joined on with Anne Cheese Dope too, as well. Remember that we did like a fall ASDT rendezvous clinic and it was just like bada bing, bada boom. We had like a huge schedule, it was so fun. But after that, I was like, Brittany, that was, so much money <laughs> that we didn't have. <laughs> I don't know how we did it, but we did. And it was really fun. I mean, I think it was fun because we were able to share like our sponsor, the sponsors was able to help us get goodie bags or what we called river booty bags. And we had really awesome friends like Heather, who was able to take photos and do videos. And then we had Heidi who was making hats at that time. I mean, that's really when Heidi's hats came to be. And we were also helping support her, like getting images or helping support, like just getting more um, attention to her hats and just women in general wearing trucker hats, which was awesome. And we threw those in the goodie bags. And I think like we learned a lot from that year and as many pros as there were, I think the cons outweighed the pros. And we were just like, that was intense. That was a lot. And if we want to do this again, we have to work all winter to save up, to be able to afford the gas, the food, the lodging, because the clinics weren't enough. Um, with the river safety, it's like three or four paddlers to one instructor, and we can never make more than that, right? And so, and that was a weird time too with the, with the sport and the industry, 
where people didn't value instruction yet. And I have a lot of friends who were in that mountain bike world when people didn't necessarily value the instruction. And it is hard to sell yourself as a guide and sell or a coach and sell instruction and that that's something that would make them better. And the money we were charging was pretty reasonable in the sense of instruction and clinics, but it was really hard. We've we had to sacrifice a lot. And remember, we, we kind of had to start giving away slots. And that's when we both realized that that is not, <clears throat> it just wasn't the right time. We were ahead a little bit of the sport, right? Yeah, yeah, we were definitely ahead. And, and I feel like the model just wasn't sustainable for that time. There, it was just still too new. And so people weren't willing to spend the money for that or spend that kind of money like yes it's reasonable for what they're getting but it wasn't it just wasn't for it wasn't the right time because people were just learning about it and it was just a new sport you know and I think with a lot of new sports people just jump into it Mm -hmm. and it's hard for them to really realize the value of instruction and um yeah so so it was like you said it was before our time like maybe now it would be better but still um, it was, it was, it's, it wasn't the most sustainable for us with all the traveling, like with all the expenses and everything. So, mm-hmm. and so the second year, I think we tried to do it a little bit more locally, right? Just, just Colorado. And we had some ideas and we, we also had really great people come in that potentially could give us an avenue of, um, growing and like a population to advertise to, but it still was just like, it was really hard. And we kind of, we're starting to go different ways. And then my partner started a second restaurant. He has two restaurants here in town. Um, the first one's a sushi bar. And the second one, um, excuse me, was a, didn't really know what it was going to be, <laughs> but he opened, the space was available and he was like, I'm going in and opened it. And a couple months in was like, I need your help. And that's when you and I had a powwow. And um, I'm sorry, I don't like to, uh, I don't, I don't want to use that word. You and I had a conversation and I was like, Hey, um, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I need to make some money. This could be a, a good opportunity to help Alex, uh, help him with the restaurants. So I'm going to, I'm going to step back. And I stepped back from the whole sport entirely. It was really hard. It was hard to see you continuing to teach and you competing and you on the road. And, um, I stepped back on and off, I think for a couple of years. And that's really what's, what's, was been hard is like both of you and I had you know, we were started to go separate ways. And then, you know, with you, you had definitely some things that were hiccups along the way. You want to tell the, the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like Natalie said, she took a step back and then I started to, I started to go like do some clinics and stuff on my own, but also just kind of state, take a step back from teaching in general. And, um, then, I and then we were kind of ready to rev things back up or we were we were talking about doing more clinics and then I had a a bad brain injury and that like put everything on hold because that happened in June. June so it was my first clinic back I flew to Denver you picked me up yeah we right. went south we were like so excited. We ramped it back up mm-hmm. and then that yeah. happened. Yeah. And, and we were getting ready to do a, 
to do a clinic that day. And, um, but then it just like messed everything up. And um, I was in recovery mode for six months at least. And then I got a, we got invited on a Costa Rica trip, which I think the invite happened was it before my brain injury? I, I think remember. it was. I think you were in conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah. So we got invited to come down to Costa Rica to um, connect with this company called Amazing Vacations Costa Rica and do, they wanted to bring Santa paddling. They, they did like um, guided river trips, but like river experiences, like week long experiences where you travel to different rivers and stay at hotels and stuff. And you've got the um like these all-star guides and um they guide they take you down um they usually do kayaks but they want they were they were considering bringing Santa paddling so we came down and did that trip which was awesome and I almost didn't go because leading up to it so after my brain injury I kept getting sick like I I would I kept getting strep throat and I was on tons of antibiotics because of my injury, because I had, I had to get surgery in my hand too. And um, so I was on antibiotics for that. And then, yeah, I kept getting strep. I got strep every month. So I was on antibiotics. It was sometimes I get it two times a month. So I was on antibiotics for pretty much five months. And, and then I, I was just so afraid that I was going to get sick again when I went down there. And so I almost didn't go. And, um, and Jason, one of the co-owners of and, and founders of the company, Amazing Vacations, just said, just come. If you get sick, you can just stay in the hotel. You, you don't want to miss this. And so I did. And I just, once I got there, I just felt like me again like I felt normal again I didn't get sick but I also wasn't experiencing my symptoms from my brain injury because I was dealing with um with those symptoms for those six months and I just hadn't felt like myself like I was really depressed I I got lots of pain behind my eyes um activity was okay but I couldn't do a lot of it and um then I got there and I think some of it had to do with like the lower elevation also just being around people and because I kind of isolated myself there for a little bit and um yeah I just I felt great and and we paddled and we had an awesome awesome time it was a great trip and I just fell in love with the I just fell in love with the country not that it was it wasn't it was it wasn't my first time there but it was my first time being there in the mountains and paddling, I had no idea what kind of rivers there were there. And it was just a beautiful, it was beautiful. The rivers are amazing and the people are amazing. The food is great. Um, so we came back to Costa Rica, and, or sorry, we came back to the States and then I stayed, I stayed here for maybe a week or two. And then I flew back and I was like, this is where I want to be. So I stayed there and um, set up a trip a stand-up paddle trip and um Natalie don't were you gonna you were gonna come for the first one weren't you I was there for the first one yeah yeah I remember because it was you and me and Gmo oh the first trip was you me and Gmo and Nadia right oh the, the second first, trip you did yeah yeah second trip yeah, you did. So 
I just, restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I did the first retreat and um, we had an awesome time. And that was kind of like the start of like, of trying to revive River to River and these trips were going to be with amazing vacations, but also under River to River. And um, it was just, it just kind of like, Costa Rica just lighted that match again, you know, and it made me feel excited about teaching and. Well, that's where we started, right? So to bring it back, I think we were like, no, this is what we love. And we're back in the same place. Go on. Yeah. 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 So um, we started doing the Costa Rica retreats. Those were really fun, but it was still hard to get people to, to, invest in or get enough people to show up but um the people that did just like oh they loved it and they said it was totally worth it and um really once you go there it's i mean there's no way you could regret spending the money it's just amazing so um did that one year or one winter came back and you were still I think it was still restaurant stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, so just kind of competed, taught a little bit. I did do a free women's clinic in Eagle, a river surfing clinic, and had tons of women show up, like 25 women show yeah, up. Yeah, that photo, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, it was amazing. Whoa. It really showed me like, okay, there's something, like there's a demand. People want mm. to and um, especially women, women want to learn. And so that, that definitely inspired me because I was close to the end of the season. So that inspired me to really um, start teaching again. I was really excited to teach and to offer really affordable lessons. Um, and then COVID happened. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so then, you know, everything was put on hold, but, um, yeah, we just, um, we, but we got to a point where like Natalie and I had to like make this decision on what we were doing with river to river. Cause we were kind of tired of this, like nothing really happening or this back and forth. And, and we just didn't know, like, was the timing ever going to be right? And, um, but we just didn't want to let go of it because, there's still something, I mean, there's something really special about it. And I think ultimately it's really what we want to do. It's just that life happens and we needed to just deal with our own stuff. Right. And so, um, came back here and Natalie, Natalie went back to school. I decided to go back to school and, um, and decided to just stay put. I mean, this is a good time to stay put, right? Not many people are traveling. It's not a really good time for that, but I kind of, but I I needed it anyways. Like, I think I would have done it whether or not COVID hit. Um, And so now I'm in the Valley, meaning like in Glenwood Springs, and I'm really liking being home in my home state, close to my friends, close to my family, and I'm more grounded, and I'm really excited to work on local community stuff and start teaching again and offering um, 
clinics next year that are really affordable, like weekly drop-in sessions and just really building up the community and educating people, making sure people are being safe. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to focus on that aspect because I haven't really had that opportunity because I've been on the road or like out of the country for the past four years or so. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to actually like be able to, to f- focus and, and um, localize a bit and put more energy into the business. Natalie and I are much closer together now. Uh, she's only a couple hours away from me being in Moab. And so we can get together and we can work together a lot easier. She could come here and we could teach together. I can come there and we can teach together. And it's just like, it's just all coming together. And I think sometimes it's just how things have to be. Like it's sometimes it really is just all about timing, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? And for the, well, and I think for the first time in five years, <laughs> um, I've, I mean, I've always had a house here and I think in the, in grounding the business and having like, okay, I'll be the grounding and you kind of go out there, you know, and then vice versa. And I think now that we're both grounded, there's new, there's new rules. There's like new opportunities and there's new things that we can do. And I think both of us having a home or even for you, a home wave or a couple home waves, there's so much that we can build. And I think with river to river, we've always had it here but like it's got to be within a community like an actual community and yes I've been in Moab but I think I think it it holds its power when you have a community too and for the first time you've claimed Glenwood as your place and claimed Eagle and that whole I-70 corridor and now like from Moab to Eagle like we have this kind of home base right the radius and then everything grow out from there and I think that's where the timing has linked. And, um, and I think that it's going to be really fun to see what we can grow with that. And I think just for me, I've always loved coaching and teaching and being a guide and being an instructor. Um, but this last year, I decided to, with the help of a friend who is a doctor, who I was kind of working with a little bit, playing in, in the, the world of health and wellness, she um, introduced me to a, a school called the Cresser Institute and um, she was a, a practitioner and she was like, hey, would you be interested in, in trying out to be a health coach? It seems like you have a lot of information and knowledge in the world of health and wellness. And I was like, yeah, like podcasts have been my school. And she was like, I think that you would find a lot of value out of this. A, you always ask a lot of questions, which Brittany mentioned from the beginning. <laughs> I do. And I think that's like from my sister, we just, let's just get to the heart of the conversation. Let's like push through the BS. Like, what are you feeling? How are you doing? And so in this program, it's been a year. So I broke my arm in fucking, I can't believe I broke my arm. First of all, my mom's like, we have strong bones. We don't break bones. And I was like, and I broke my <laughs> wrist. It was the tiniest fracture. I was like, oh, that's such a tiny crack. Is that a break? They're like, yeah that's a big fracture. Whenever my handlebar is thinking I was too good for this big drop and on the whole enchilada here in Moab and broke my wrist. And that was really interesting. I was like, okay, I have to like, just really reset, be home. And I went to school and um, did the program. It's called the Cresser Institute. And I was, I studied to become a health coach. 
And there was a lot that I loved about that program. And I think the biggest thing that I learned was how to structure a conversation and how to kind of support the floor and be a reflection to the person I'm talking to and how to not have, not take the mic, but to like be the mirror to allow you to really see a lot of what you're saying and hearing it and not having to put myself into the conversation. And I didn't really understand how to do that. And I think now with that, with those tools, I reached out to Brittany and said, I feel like I have so much, um, I, I understand now how to have a really organic and powerful conversation. And for the first time, I think I want to try this podcasting thing. I think I want to try it. And because you had done it, there was a slight jealousy of like, you did it. You really did it. <laughs> so I was like, do I, should I do my own? And should you do your own? And should we, or should we combine it? And you were like, no, we need to combine it. Let's make it about, um, yeah, all things river. And so of course I'm all about names. If you don't know me, I fucking love names. Sorry. Effing love names. <laughs> I love anything to do with words or play on words. Right. Brittany <laughs> love play on words. <laughs> and so I was like, we've got to have a name for this podcast. And, um, I was like, what about Eddie out? And it's, uh, it's a time if you don't know about the river, the Eddie is where you go to reset. The eddy is where you go to launch and the eddy is where you go to take out. And it's a place that's calm when the river is flowing, you know, down the middle of the channel, you have these sides of the river that are calmer. They, they kind of swirl like a spiral. Um, they're a place to reset if there's been some sort of carnage. And it's also where you find river booty. Hello. <laughs> Found so much river booty in the eddies. And I was like, it's only appropriate, Brittany, that our podcast is called Eddie Out. And it's even this little hand signal. And it's one of the fun things we like to say when we do our safety talks. And so I'm really excited about us being able to use this platform to really grow and uh, learn about our community. And, um, and I think, A, I've I felt like I finally had the confidence in a conversation. I think growing up as the youngest child of 11, I listened so much. And for you, you're the only child. So you only had the platform and I never had the platform. <laughs> and sometimes if you know me, I do stutter in my words. I get really nervous. I black out when I'm in front of people and River to River has been an awesome way to like gain confidence in front of people and teaching people. And sometimes I don't make sense and that's okay, but I'm starting to understand and use this like platform to, um, contribute. And I think that's what I'm really excited about. And I have two really, really creative sisters. One of them is an artist and she's been teaching me about illustrator and Photoshop. So I'm really excited and Brittany's always just laughing at me, but I'm really excited about creating graphics and um, apparel and products for River to River. And so you'll be seeing some of that come through this year in 2021. And I think lastly, like being in Moab, there's been a bit of a jealousy that Brittany has so many whitewater parks that she gets to just go and train. And if you've ever see me on a wave I'm awkward as f like I don't understand how to surf I know Shut up. <laughs> I'm not very fluid like you <laughs> bad asses but I'd like to get better and so I now with the tools of like being part of bad fish Mike Harvey being one of which you know builds white water parks and 
being downstream of Glenwood and Grand Junction, both of which have whitewater parks, I feel like I can finally start to maybe, maybe have a conversation about a whitewater park here in Moab. And I finally have the team that can support that. And I've talked to Mike and it's, it's definitely a long, it's, it's a long, it's a, a far fledged shoot. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's, it's like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm going to, I'm willing to put some of the energy into that and see if it's, you know, something that can happen. So, but with all the things that are happening now, Brittany finding her, her home and grounding in on I-70 corridor, myself in Moab, Brittany and um, Glenwood slash Eagle. I think that we both are realizing we're here. COVID's here as well it's kind of grounding us in a way. And how can we, how can we reach out to our friends like Yaku in Japan, um, Annabelle in New Zealand and Rita in Canada and our friends down in Ecuador and Peru and Costa Rica and Europe and just all these places around the world. This is the platform. I mean, we've talked about clinics in clinic was kind of our language, right? But now if we just take away clinic, it's just river, it's conversation, it's support. And I think river to river is going to turn into a hub. It's going to be a resource. The website itself is a place where you can go to learn about instruction and learn about all the things, um, not necessarily just Brittany and I, but just being able to feel connected. And I think that's why we both are so passionate about starting this podcast and um, starting, starting a conversation and, and bringing some really strong people in and um, really like teaching and also letting people's voices be heard and so here we are Brittany yeah this is our first podcast did we do it yeah. <laughs> we want to keep up within an hour this might be just a little bit over but yeah. you know this yeah. is where yeah. we are good and and we'll we want to do interviews we want to do um we want to start doing Facebook lives as well so that way we can be more engaged with everyone and um, allow space for people to ask questions to whoever we're interviewing. Um, if you have any suggestions on who you'd like to hear from or who you'd like us to interview, feel free to send us a message. Um, you can do it on any of our social media platforms or through our email, which will be in the show notes. Um, um, you can also sign up for our newsletter and there you can get um, announcements on upcoming podcast episodes or interviews um, it won't just be like your standard newsletter I know probably a lot of people say that we will talk about upcoming events and um, discounts and, and stuff like that and just updates but it'll also be a place where we are going to we can provide you or we want to provide you with um, journaling prompts and health and wellness tips like Natalie's background she's she's pretty well educated in that area so she's got a lot of stuff that she wants to share with everyone and get out into the world and we'll also be offering like paddle and um, surfing instruction type stuff like whether it's videos or just um, little tidbits of um, technique tips or um, stuff like that. And then you'll also get exclusive discounts on like gear and clinics and other goodies. Um, so we'll have, we'll do Facebook lives. This will live, um, you can, you can watch our videos on our website or on YouTube. You can also, um, 
um, you can also listen to them in audio form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So grab your beverage. So thanks again. <laughs> if you're just listening to this, we're grabbing our bevies. Um, thanks again, everybody for listening to our first episode. If you're excited about what you've heard so far, you can subscribe to Eddie out. Hey, Eddie out symbol, <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts. We'll also have video options available both on our website. So river to river.com or um, river to river on the YouTube channels. And we're excited about this next chapter Yay. and connecting more with you all. And as our friend Jacob Kelly says, until next time, here's to health and high water. Cheers. See y'all downstream. Cheers.